Hey, Whipsters! This is the Women in Pants podcast, helping you overcome your work history gaps. I'm your host, Shayna Brazier. This episode is an interview with Amanda Tento, who is the creator of the determinedmom.com. We talk about her story and how she came to love teaching women to become virtual assistants. She has a free PDF about VAs, and you can find the link for that either in the show notes to this episode or on our social media platforms. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates when a new podcast episode airs. And check out womeninpants.com to see what resources are available for you. Now for the show. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. I appreciate you taking out time from your busy, busy day as both a business owner and a mom. It's like you have two full-time jobs. I really do. It might even be three to four at times, depending on what I'm working on. So it definitely is busy schedule. So why don't you kind of give our listeners like a quick version of your background, like where you grew up, um, how you got into your business, just things like that. Sure. I am originally from central Pennsylvania, which you can probably hear. Um, Everybody here says that I have an accent. (laughs) So if I do, I apologize. Um, But um, yeah, so I grew up in central Pennsylvania. I met my husband in Harrisburg in, let's see, 2007, I think. And at that time, I was managing a paint-yourself pottery studio. And I'm not going to name the name, but... um, Was it one of uh, those like paint and sip studio kind of things, like the wine and paint kind of thing? We didn't do wine back then. That wasn't like a, it It was so long ago. This was, yeah, it was way before the wine. So um, basically, um, you know, we did uh, lots of kids' birthday parties, lots of classes. People would just come in, pick the pottery off the shelf and we'd fire it for them um, after they painted it. So it was a lot of fun. Um, but that's what I was doing then. Um, I ended up purchasing that business and then, you know, what happened in 2008, um, the big recession hit very, very bad time to own a paint it yourself pottery studio. (laughs) Cause that was the first thing to go out of people's discretionary funds was the paint it yourself pottery. Uh, yeah. And like, think about it, like movie tickets, um, eating out, any of that stuff was like basically the first thing to get cut. So in 2011, I ended up uh, giving that back to the franchise and um, kind of took a big loss on it personally and everything. But um, I gained so much um, knowledge and skills from that. I ended up landing a job as the operations manager of a ministry. And from there, um, I worked there for probably about three and a half years until my husband and I decided that we couldn't really grow in central Pennsylvania and our dreams were way bigger than that area. (laughs) And, uh, there's just a lot to go into that part of it, but, um, you know, let's talk just for a second. Like I know that you're looking at it from a positive point of view now, but losing your business had to have been heartbreaking. It was, it was really, really difficult because, you know, you pour so much of, you know, yourself into something And, you know, for it to just not come together and not work out the way that you wanted, it's really, really hard. So I pretty much avoided anything pottery related. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, pottery-related and also business-related for a really long time. Because I was like, okay, there's got to be something that I did. But looking back, I know that I did everything that I could. So that, I really feel good about that. I think that's what I'm really fascinated to hear how you got into business again. Because I think a lot of people would have been scared off. <laughs> I'm like, well, that that broke my heart. I don't want to do that again kind of thing. But So pick us up, back up. You're in Pennsylvania. You think... We got We got to, we need a change. We need a place that fits our, our big dreams and goals better. So what happens then? So my husband, um, had a music project. He, um, sings and, uh, writes songs and things like that, that he had been working on, um, before we met with his friend that lived in Seattle. So he's always wanted to come back to this area and finish the music project and all that stuff. And at the time we had two kids and, um, the schools that they were in, that they were about to go into, I should say, were like probably some of the worst in the nation. Um, so we're like considering that, considering the fact that I have all these skills that I get paid like $15 an hour or something. I don't know what it was at that point, but it wasn't much. Um, and, you know, I didn't have any room for growth at my job. Um, there was just a lot of factors that I was tired of shoveling snow. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot of things that were on our list of reasons to move. So Chris, it has just, snowed, it snowed quite a bit this year in Seattle. <laughs> uh, I know. And I've hated every minute of it, but, <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Remind me what year this was then where you guys decide to do this move. 2014 is when we decided to do it. And then 2015 is when we actually did it. So, and was that scary for you? moving, you basically moved from one end of the country to the other. Right. And into a place with no family, no support too. Cause we have no family here other than his friend. So, um, but yeah, um, it was really scary and I was really like, okay, are we doing the right thing for a long, well, not for a long time, but I, I just have this vision and belief that everything works out for a reason and that there's, you're not going to be compelled to do something unless something is right. So you're, you're one of those Jiminy Cricket people. Always mm -hmm. let your conscience be your guide kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because every step that you take that you're, I feel like you're drawn into might not be drawn into it. And for that particular reason, but there's another reason behind it. And I just trust that there's always that next reason. So. That's awesome. So you get here. Are you, did you move to Seattle or is that when you moved outside of Olympia? So we actually moved to Bremerton first. Oh, um, beautiful. That, it is very beautiful up there. The but ferry. Don't little, you have to take the ferry? You, yeah, the ferry. That's the only thing that I really miss about Bremerton is just being able to, to take the ferry to Seattle instead of driving. Cause from Olympia, you drive to Seattle. Um, and from, Bremerton, you take the ferry. So, and it's about the same amount of time. But. And so side note, we took our kids up there this last summer mm -hmm. and we literally just purchased tickets to Bremerton on the ferry and got on, went over there, got on the next uh, boat back and came back because we just wanted to do yeah. the ferry ride. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We're like, let's just ride the ferry for a couple hours. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And especially when you can get out on the deck and if it's warm in the summertime, oh, it's so nice. 
And to see the um, sea lions or the seals, I can't remember which one it is. Did you see any whales? And everyone has asked us that. And I'm so super bummed. I didn't even think whales would be in it. Like it doesn't seem like it'd be big enough or deep enough or calm enough or something. But yeah, everyone has said, did you see the whales? And we're like, no, we did not. So now we got to go back, got to go back and ride the ferry over and over until I see a whale. Yeah. I'm sure it'll happen soon. (laughs) So then, um, is that where you started your business? No. So, <laughs> so tell me actually, that story. Uh, I know. Right. So when we were in Pennsylvania, I was applying for jobs over here, knew that we were going to move, knew the date, knew all that stuff. And I found a job as a credit union manager, but I had my first interview on Skype, um, actually in my boss's office at my old job. And then, um, cause he knew I was moving and, you know, was supportive and everything, but, um, so then I had to have my second interview in person. So we literally like arrived here on Saturday. I went to JCPenney on Sunday to get interview clothes. And then Monday was my interview. We got a speeding ticket on the way to the interview. Like all this crazy stuff happened that like should be every indication of why this isn't going to work, but it actually um, turned out really well. And I actually worked for that credit union as a manager for probably, let's see, from 2000, March of 2015 until December of 2017. So probably about almost three years. Almost two years. Yeah. 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 That's a long time. Yeah. It was a, it was a really fun um, experience. I learned so much um, just about, they have a very different management style than I was used to. um, Because, you know, before that I had probably about eight years of management experience. Experience. And then after that, I was like, okay, and now I, I can see things from a little bit different perspective. I feel like every, every experience puts some more in your toolbox and I really enjoyed it there. And I loved everybody that I worked with. I really loved the company, but I found myself pregnant and with our third child. And I have done that before where I have found yeah. myself pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You just find it one day and then there you are <laughs> with child. <laughs> with child. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, and the schedule at the credit union, um, it was a great credit union. It's actually open 362 days out of the year. Um, so I had a rotating schedule. I could make the schedule, which was nice, but I still only got two days off a week. Um, and, and they were rotating. So it's not like I had Saturday and Sunday off or like a lot of credit unions have like Sunday and then another day during the week, it changed every single week. So there was no constant, there was no way that I could get my kids involved in, or that we, my husband and I could get our kids involved in activities. Um, because he, you know, would be working and then my older daughters, like he would have to get them home from school off the bus and that kind of thing. So there was just, it was just a mess. Um, I would be there from like nine to seven most days and I couldn't see myself missing like all of the little things that came out of like having a third baby. You know, I missed the first two. My husband stayed home with my, our first two and he was, you know, he was the stay at home dad. Um, and he did little businesses on the side and things like that. And he really enjoyed that, but I've never gotten to be home with a baby before. So <laughs> I really wanted to have that experience and not miss out on it. So, and so how do you one bring that up to your husband and have that discussion? How do you come overcome the fear of your steady income into going back into 
owning a business again? It was really, really scary. Um, so initially, <laughs> um, when we got here, I was, you know, I was working and then, like I said, he was staying home with the girls and, um, our youngest just went into kindergarten, um, the year that the baby was born. So that was her first year of school basically. Um, but she was in like pre-K and that kind of thing before that, but it was only a couple days a week. And so my husband would take her there. Or I would take her when I was off, but, um, then he transitioned into while I was pregnant, having, uh, an overnight job. Um, so he would work overnights and then we'd still kind of keep the same schedule until I had the baby, but it was a little scary there for a while because it's like, you don't know how you're going to pay the rent. You don't know how, you know, all of those things. Um, we are serial renters because I cannot commit to living in one area or one house. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it is really scary um, because there's children, there's mouths to be fed, there's diapers to buy, there's, you know, so much more. Um, there's activities, there's mom, can I have that? Dad, can I have that? You know, like all of those things that we as parents put on our shoulders and um, we're responsible for them. And it's pretty scary. But, it is. And so yeah. was the original goal just to um, become stay-at-home mom or did you always know that you were going to do some kind of business while you were a stay-at-home mom? So I always knew that I was going to do some kind of business because even from the time I was like a kid, I was always doing something. <laughs> like I would get my mom to buy like uh, one of those big containers of um, blow pops at Sam's Club. And then I would sell them on the bus for like a quarter a piece, you know, like I was always doing something crazy. I was always just trying to figure out a way to make something happen. So, and when I was a kid, my name is Amanda. And so my nickname was Mandy. So it always rhymed with candy and it just worked out. So I had like my first business name was probably like, you got any candy, Mandy? Something you like had, that. You had personal <laughs> branding before personal branding was even popular. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so true. <laughs> That's awesome. By default. <laughs> yeah. So then how, how does the determined mom become a, a thing? Walk me through that. So it started out um, as a blog. I was looking for ways to make money online, um, trying to figure out how I can stay home with my daughter, minimally invest some time in something that's going to, you know, kind of run itself kind of thing. I have to put a little bit of effort in here and there, which isn't really how a blog works, by the way, if you're looking into it, ignore everything that I just said, because it's incorrect. But <laughs> that was my fantasy. So um, I started the, the Determined Mom blog in May of 2017. Um, the baby was due in July. So I just put a whole bunch of content out there and tried to kind of build it up. And I... I'm really familiar with Pinterest marketing and um, everything like that. So I've been familiar with it from other things that I've done in the past. So um, I really use that to push a lot of traffic to my blog and that kind of thing. Um, and then I found an ad online. This is going to go completely sideways now. But I found an ad online um, for insurance sales. And at the credit union, I was licensed in auto insurance and home insurance. So I'm a licensed insurance broker or agent in the state of Washington. And so I found one for health insurance, 
Okay. So selling health insurance online during the open enrollment period, people call, or it's like an auto dialer system you call and um, people have filled out a, a query online and like as soon as they fill it out, then the auto dialer calls them. So I ended up finding myself um, because I had already put in my notice at the credit union that I didn't want to return. Um, I needed to make some kind of money, right? My husband was already working at this point, but I still had this like need that I was like, oh my gosh, I need to make money. You know, it's just, I've never gone without a job. Um, so there was a period right after the pottery studio of, I think two months. No, it was like about a month and a week that I didn't have a job since I was 15. And it gave me so much anxiety. And even just the thought of it right now gives me anxiety. But um, so <laughs> even just that um, month. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I've never been without it. And so I had to have something that I knew could bring in income. So I decided to try the insurance business. So I got licensed in health insurance um, in Washington as well and life insurance. And I decided that I would try that. Well, that was like a literal nightmare. I would be sitting at this desk from 5 a.m. because I had to start at 8 a.m. Eastern time, okay, until about 8 p.m. our time. Because and you had to be able to phone. answer the phones, right? Mm -hmm. And it clocked how long you were on the, the like it clocked, took uh, every second that you're on added up, you know. And you had to have so many closes and so many, and I am not really into sales. Like I have a sales kind of background, but I don't love it. Um, I much rather like service and like serving people and those kind of things. I'm not a, a big, uh, you know, you need health insurance because, you know, and there was a lot of um, tactics that they use that I wasn't really super excited about as well. So that took me into January and I about died of just stress and like, I can't believe that this is what I've resorted to. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? So in the meantime, like in the like two hours extra that I have um, a day before I go to sleep um, in between cooking dinner and everything else, I was researching, trying to figure out what am I going to do? This is not working. So then I, figured that I can use all of the skills that I have and from all of the things that I've done and start my own virtual assistant business. So um, I did that and I ended up working for um, a company where it's basically you don't make very much at all, but um, I started doing that. Let me see. Let me start that over. So there are online companies that you can work for that offer virtual assistant services that people can buy. And, um, they are you talking you like places like Fiverr, things like that? Yeah, this place was actually time, et cetera. Okay. So there's time, et cetera. There's, um, there's a few others that are similar to that. So they'll charge a client like $25 an hour and they'll pay you 10. So I started there. I was like, okay, you know what? I got to start somewhere. I need to get my feet wet. I need to see like what expectations are and things like that. And I actually have a, a post about this on my blog um, about like how to get started as a VA because I think it's really good if someone's not, is starting from zero to at least know what client expectations are, 
what types of tasks are out there, that kind of thing. So, Would you mind if we uh, posted the link to that blog post on this sure. episode? Okay. In the show notes, I will go ahead and put that link. Perfect. Um, so I started there and then I ended up joining uh, through uh, one of my actually former clients from the credit union that I know. She introduced me to something called a barter network. Have you heard of um, bartering? I've heard okay. of bartering as a as in like the noun bartering or the verb bartering, but I haven't heard of the bartering network. No. Yeah. So there's a local network here in um, the South Puget Sound, like Tacoma, Seattle, everywhere. It's called Saturn Barter. And I actually joined that network and it's basically a transactional network of businesses. Um, They give you like a 1099 at the end of the year to show you exactly how much you've spent. They track all the taxes. They do everything. So basically, um, someone from there um, contacted me and was, as soon as I put my ad up, by the way, or as soon as I posted my profile, he contacted me and he was like, I want you to work for me. You know, I need this kind of help because a lot of the skills that I had, I had Trello, WordPress, um, you know, Facebook posting, all of the, all of the marketing skills that I had really fit into his business, which he owns a digital marketing, marketing firm in Tacoma. So um, it really fit with him, and he was my first like official official client outside of um, time, et cetera. And I still work for him today. So um, nice. I really, yeah, that was my first client, and yeah, I really like working for him. So that's awesome. Um, but so you do like contract work with him, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So Everything on, that I do is you take on other clients as well. Yes. So I do about thirty hours a month for him. Um, only part of that is barter because I can only, you know, use that barter card for so much, but, um, it's very, it's coming, it come in handy a lot, but, um, yeah. So after that, I got a referral from his accountant actually. And then I have another client from there. And then really it's just been a matter of, um, people, you know, and also interacting with people online and just, um, you know, letting them know what you offer. And I, I really have really enjoyed working with all of the clients that I have. Um, this year, I decided that I wanted to take on more of the digital marketing side of things, because that's really where my passion is. Um, the administrative stuff, yeah, that's okay. Um, but I really have a really strong drive about like Facebook and social media management, Pinterest management, and um, web design. And I really like to do the, like the back end, like tweaks to people's websites and just helping them to do the things that they don't necessarily know how to do, but they need done. So those are the things that I really love. Um, and I've recently started adding to my team in the last uh, probably about 30 days. I've added three um, members to the team and they're all women. And that's a lot of employees to add in a 30 day period to a small business. So they're not employees, they're contractors. Well, 1099ers. Right. <laughs> and they each have like a very specific role. Um, so one is for helping with writing blogs. One is for helping with SEO. Um, another is doing some research for another project that we have coming up. So um, yeah. And talk to me about your philosophy. Cause I know we chatted just for a second on the, the kinds of people that you're wanting to hire and why. Mm-hmm. So as a mom and as someone who's been through that stage of 
I don't want to go back to work that there's like almost like a six month panic period during your pregnancy. And if you have any maternity leave, it spills over into that. Of Oh my God, I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to leave my beautiful baby with some stranger. And you know, like there's just that panic mode. And I want to kind of try to relieve that panic mode from people. Um, and those are the people that I want to hire. You know, I want to help them, um, to get to that point. And if I don't necessarily hire them, I'm more than willing to take time out of my day to give them pointers. So I've actually helped in the last couple years, um, I think about three different moms to actually like walk them through the process of getting started as virtual assistants. And now two of them have their own virtual assistant businesses and they're just blooming and blossoming. So that's amazing. I love hearing that of just the story of taking another woman by the hand and showing her, you know, helping her get through what you got through, helping her learn the ropes that you've already learned. I love that. I think there's a lot of beauty in, in helping each other like that. So let's talk about some things that could help some of our listeners. When women come to you, what kind of things stand out to you as hireable? And I don't know if I'm maybe phrasing that correctly, but you know, a lot of our listeners are going to be women who have gaps in their work history. And often it's because they are stay at home moms, right? So they kind of along the same lines, they quit their job and they're stay at home moms, but for some reason or another, they need to get back into the workforce or want to get back into the workforce. What kind of things stand out to you? Cause I'm sure you don't just say, Hey, anyone who's a mom, I will hire you kind of thing. Cause business wise, you can't do that. So what kind of things would you suggest or what kind of things stand out to you when you're looking at someone's resume or email or what, whatever? So, um, things that I look for are definitely, um, some sort of work history. It doesn't have to be anything recent, but, and just, I think all employers look for that explanation. I mean, like you just say, I stayed home to raise my children, then that's what you were doing, you know? And another thing that I think is highly discounted for moms is the fact that in order to run a household, you already know how to run a business. So, and most, I think most moms discount themselves and say, you know, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Like, that's not what you're doing. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if you pay attention to the nuances of everything that you do during the day, but you're creating lists, you're managing people, you're managing teams of people, you're Um, conflict resolution. I mean, there's just like this huge list of things that you do as a mom, Um, whether you're a working mom, whether you're a stay-at-home mom. So I think all of that needs to be taken into consideration too. And just um, seeing how they handle things. That's the biggest thing. Um, When I hire someone, I'll typically ask, and I actually have some Google forms that I use that are already set up, but um, I'll typically ask like, crazy questions like, what do you do if the client calls and says that their WordPress site has gone down and, you know, um, things like that, just to see how they're going to handle situations that are high pressure. Um, Not that they're ever going to encounter that, but it's just something to think about. Does the confidence of the woman make a difference for you, do you think? Like if she does come in confidently like, hey, I took this time off because I was doing this, I am now ready to get back in versus like the, yeah, I'm I was just a stay-at-home mom. We needed to, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it can affect, you know, the perception of the person, Um, not necessarily their 
it doesn't affect their skills or anything, but it definitely, confidence definitely affects, you know, anybody's perception of you, um, regardless of whether it's for a job or for the PTA, I don't know, whatever, you know, um, it, it definitely affects it. And, um, I'm not saying that I would not consider someone, but at the same time, you know, depending on what I'm hiring for, it might be necessary. Um, I do have, so I, the, one of my good friends that I actually just hired, um, this week, I brought her on. She is a stay at home mom of three and she, um, is amazing. She has management experience. So she was a property manager and she did all kinds of things, but she literally hasn't done that for like eight years, you know? Um, she's super terrified to go back into the workforce. She, we had dinner, um, with her and one of our other mutual friends, um, a couple weeks. No, it was like last week, last Sunday. And she was, you know, expressing that she was terrified and she just wanted to do something a couple hours a day or something. And I'm like, you know, um, I think that I have something for you, you know, like definitely, I think we can work something out and what she's doing is good for her because it doesn't, she doesn't need to get out of the house. She doesn't need to get, you know, try to get dressed with a nine month old on her hip and get ready for work and all that stuff. But it's still giving her some empowerment back. And I think for moms, especially stay at home moms, that's something that is sorely missing that feeling of contributing to the household or just having some sort of um, power or not, I don't know if power is the right word, but just having that confidence back that I, I can do something other than be a mom. And I think power is the right word. It perhaps has been um, misused in our society. And so we shy away from the word, but I think it is. It's empowerment to the women. It's giving them power to have um, more than one role within the family. Just like dads, you know, often will have more than one role in, within the family. I think it empowers women to have more than one role. So I love that. I think you bring up a lot of good points in there. The first one is that um, getting your feet wet is a really good way to try something out. You had mentioned that along your journey that you had signed up for, you know, some of these, like, uh, I can't remember which site you signed up for, but where you could just take like odd little jobs and kind of figure out, okay, what, what is this virtual assistant stuff all about? What is it that they're asking? You know, what kind of things am I going to be required to do? It's, it's nice to start out like that versus jumping straight into a 40 hour job. It's okay to kind of dip your feet in and maybe lower expectations at the beginning, like you said, you were making like 10 bucks an hour, which uh, coming off of being management somewhere else probably felt like a blow to the gut. I mean, that's like, I'll see jobs, even, even jobs that <laughs> say that they pay $20 an hour. I'm like, who's going to work for $20 an hour. But I think, um, when you're getting into a new field or trying out a new thing, it's okay to lower your expectations for a time knowing that you're your worth is not that dollar amount. I think that's a good message to get out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I never, I mean, when my first job ever, I think I was making like six twenty-five an hour as Walmart at Walmart as a cashier, you know? So to, to get a $4 raise when I'm like 30, what was I 37, you know, like who in the heck, like that, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. I basically was pretty, pretty bummed out about it. But at the same time, I knew that I was getting that experience. 
especially with virtual assistants, there's literally so many different kinds of tasks and things like that. I learned when I was at Time Etc. that I absolutely hated email sorting. I don't ever want to see the inside of anyone else's inbox ever again, because it is like the most annoying thing that I could ever do. <laughs> so um, I had a client that had like 10 Gmail addresses and he always, and I had to sort things into different boxes and I was like, okay, I'm done. This is not for me. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Find someone else. <laughs> I'd contact my whatever. I don't know. She was like my agent or whatever. And I'd say, I can't do this anymore. You know, this is it. I can't. So yeah. But. One way I liked to look at it, cause I've kind of gone down a similar path as far as like starting my own business from home and stuff and trying to figure out the ins and out ins and out of that business. But one way I liked to look at it is that it's almost as if I'm getting paid to get my education in that field. So whereas, you know, for formal degrees, paper degrees that say, you know, you have a master's in this or whatever in this, you have to pay out to get that information. And the a way I, I was able to justify the low dollar amounts at the beginning was to be able to say, hey, I'm actually getting paid to get the education in this, to really build up the skills. That way, when I do have the education, I can demand a higher pay kind of thing. When, maybe, maybe it was just a psychological trick to help myself be okay with, with my very, very small paychecks. <laughs> no, I think you're totally, totally onto that. And the other thing that I have experienced that kind of goes along that line is that I've had clients actually, they know, they know my personality, they know my skills, they know that I'm capable of learning quickly. And so they've actually, I've had numerous occasions where they've paid for me to go through a training to learn a skill that they want me to do. Um, for example, like LinkedIn um, networking. I actually had a client pay for me to go through like a LinkedIn networking class SEO classes, things like that. And, you know, they want you to be able to do those skills because they don't have the time to do them. So they pay for you to learn them, which is pretty cool. Well, and since they know your personality and they know that they like working with you, it's harder to find someone you like working with than someone who has the skills maybe that you need. So it's easier to just use the person you like working with and grow their skills. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that people should consider and just consider putting yourself out there. If you're not sure of what you want to do, what you're going to do, just put yourself out there and say, does anybody need any help with anything? <laughs> you know, like you never know what someone's going to say. Maybe someone is struggling with their social media and they just want you to post pictures of their dog to their Facebook page three times a week. You never know. And <laughs> you could get paid for that, you know? Just don't limit yourself and be open to all opportunities and possibilities that come. Amanda, you stole my thunder because I was just going to say, what piece of advice would you leave for the women? But you just left it. I Sorry. love it. <laughs> no, I Good. love it. To just be open to the opportunities. Put yourself out there. Um, you'll be amazed how many people want to help you if you're just open and honest and real and just say, all right, this is what. I'm, I need to do, or I want to do or whatever, who, who has a lead for me or who can help me? Who's got anything that can help me out? I just really love that. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I think it's also great to have a spirit of helping others. Um, I found myself, um, really just benefiting from partnerships with other women. I actually run 
uh, well, I started a networking group that is just for mom business owners here in the Olympia Lacey area. And I started it about almost a year ago, not quite a year ago, probably about 11 months ago. And we've actually grown to about 130 members, but there is such a spirit of helping each other inside of this networking group. It's just so awesome. You're constantly seeing people say, Hey, does anybody have this? Oh yeah, I could probably help you with that. Um, it's just about helping each other. And if you know another mom that's struggling, um, I definitely encourage you to just reach out and say, Hey, you know, is there anything that I can help you with? Because we can all help each other with something. That's awesome. What's the name of the group? It's called the Moms Entrepreneur Network of Lacey and Olympia. So it's Menlo for short, but. Menlo, love it. And if somebody wants to be a part of that, if someone's listening to this and thinks, hey, I should be a part of that. I live in that area. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can just go to Facebook forward slash groups and then forward slash Menlo, M-E-N-L-O. And they can find you and request to be in there. Awesome. I'll also put that in the show notes. But Amanda, you really are the determined mom. I love your, your attitude and just your personality. It's really fun. Thank you for sharing, you know, your little nuggets of wisdom for our audience and stuff and just giving that little blurb of hope and your story and all of it. But do you have anything you want to leave us with? Um, I just want to say thank you for, um, you know, doing this podcast. I think it's great to offer any type of inspiration or information to women about businesses and about just trying to grow themselves and grow what they do. So thank you. 